Well, I'm excited to preach today. Um, Pastor Eric and, and Emily and their family are out today. Obviously, as you see, uh, they're on vacation getting a little, an extra day. And so we were excited to be able to offer that to their family. They work so hard for us and we're praying for them. Amen. God bless them. We're praying for them. And uh, we pray that they get the, uh, the refreshing uh, that they need. And so uh, let me tell you what my, my job is today. It's kind of in between. So we decorated the church, the staff uh, did, and we knew that you guys would come in. And some of you are in Christmas mode and you see all the lights and, and all the pageantry. And, and I know that makes you want to get right and we light the Advent candle. And so my job today is to put the brakes on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Pay no attention to all these lights that you see uh, for one week, uh, because we'll start that next week, and Pastor Eric's going to preach uh, the first uh, series, sermon in our series, The Christmas Story, and that'll start next week. So what to do in between time, I thought that what we might do is go back and revisit uh, the theme of the year. And it was customary for me that when God gives us a theme for the year, that various times throughout the year, we'll go back and check in and see exactly how we're doing and see what's going on and how God has been faithful to do the theme. So I spent uh, um, this last week just going back, listening to those first sermons of the year. And I think that there's some inspiration and some things that we can glean and kind of a check-in, kind of end-of-year check-in to see just how faithful God has been to do exactly what he said he was going to do. Come on, everybody, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity that we have as brothers and sisters to gather in your house before you to be at your feet and to be with one another. Now, God, I pray that as your word is preached in here, that, that it does not return unto you void, that we are encouraged through your word, we are enlightened and even perhaps convicted. But God, I pray now that your word accomplishes everything that it is sent to do. I pray that nobody pays attention to the broken, that flawed, that sinful man that's on the stage. But today, your people only hear from you. Your word is blessed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give God praise. <clears throat> well, do me a favor. Lift that cup up before the Lord. And would you humbly say, fill my cup, Lord, and let it overflow. It's important to me that you know before I preach to you that I love you. Bless you. I'm excited about that. I value this opportunity to sow the seeds of the word of God into your life. I pray that they make a difference. And today I believe that the word is going to bring someone a harvest. Just before I get started preaching, and we're going to preach out of the book of Isaiah, I do want to make a statement. There's been so much going on in our world, in our community, and in our lives. Here at Common Ground Northeast, we don't want to act like the, we are oblivious to what's happening. And so we wanted to make this statement. Officially, our hearts and prayers go out to the victims of both shootings that taken place in the last week in Colorado and in Virginia, as well as the massive loss of life in the earthquake that took place in Indonesia. I know that we're all very grieved by these things. As a church, we stand against hate and violence directed at any marginalized community. Senseless crimes like this are an affront to God his creation, and the way of God's kingdom. As believers, we long to see a world where the image of God is honored in all people and to see a nation where mass shootings have become obsolete instead of normal. The violence and natural disasters reveal how broken the state of creation and humanity are 
and remind us that it is not what God intended. And as such, we join with the sentiments of Romans chapter 8, longing for the freedom from the bondage and decay of our present age, awaiting the glory of the new creation in Christ, coming soon, come soon, Lord Jesus. We're praying for all victimized people all over the world. And today, um, I do want to say that um, as an announcement, you, our season two, our Justice and Rec team has been working very hard, and season two of our podcast is out right now. And uh, you can go on any pop- podcast platform, just type in Converge CG&E, and, and you'll be able to, to uh, get our podcast. So my main man, Marcus, you got me? All right. <laughs> Come on, y'all, give it up for Marcus. I'm going to take this one and just turn that one around. I hope you can see these. So kind of bagged by popular demand. I don't know if you remember these. Appreciate you, Marcus. So here at Common Ground Northeast, on January 2nd, 2022, Pastor Eric uh, gave a tremendous sermon where he kind of uh, introduced to us what would be the theme for the year. And in our first uh, month, all we talked about was that God was doing something here at Common Ground Northeast, and in fact, God was making us new. I invite you to go back and visit those sermons. Uh, They were a tremendous set of sermons. Pastor Eric did a particularly tremendous job uh, with the first one, where we established that in order for us to be the church that God uh, wanted us to be, in 2022 and beyond, that there were some things that God was going to do that was going to be new. And so we want to revisit that theme today. And would you turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 43, uh, beginning with verse 15. The idea of this sermon is that wherever we are here at point A, um, perhaps we've praised God here, and perhaps this has been a good place for us, perhaps we're, we're settled here, or perhaps this has been a grievous place for us. God is saying that, that no longer uh, can you give me the glory that I require in your place A. I require of you to move. I require of you to shift. Here's what's uh, kind of intriguing about this, though. God doesn't always make point B extremely clear to us. Do I have anybody here that knows before I get preaching that uh, when God tells you to move and transitions require faith? That we do not always see it. We do not always understand it. Has anybody ever had God ask you to do something? It didn't seem to make sense. And God says, no, no, in order for me to get what I want from you in this season, I know you love this place. I know you're comfortable in this place. I know that it's been good here, but I require of you to move. I require of you to grow. I'm calling you to something new. And and this is where common ground is headed and we get glimpses of that and nobody really knows the totality of what that means. And today we're going to talk about what happens here in the middle and what we decided and discovered in January is that as we journey away from this place, toward this place, and we don't know exactly what this is, in the middle, y'all, it gets messy. 
but somehow in our mess, God shows his miraculous power. It is messy and miraculous right here. And that's where we are. Join me in Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to give y'all some change back today. I ain't going to preach long. Y'all don't believe that, do you? <laughs> Pastor up there lying. By the way, uh, uh, I'm so excited to be here. I, that was a surprise, Courtney. I, I've been here a year. I'm very happy about it. There's no place I'd rather be. I'm excited about what we are becoming. Cool? Here it is, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 15. I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator, your king. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they laid there, help me with this church, never to rise again. Extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing, and now, church, it springs up. This is the season for it. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. The people I have formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. The people I have formed for myself, that they may proclaim our praise. Check this out, church. On our wedding day, uh, Lori's and mine, my sister Cynthia planted Lori and I two plants to commemorate the occasion. It was indeed a kind gesture, but it exposed the harsh reality. Although we love the plants and they are beautiful, neither Lori or I knew how to take care of them. <laughs> neither of us has a green thumb and we're not passionate about plants. And yet somehow these plants are still alive 12 years later. Not only are they alive, but they continue to grow. They've been repotted twice, if not three times. They've moved, been moved to different locations. They have been cared for by people who are something far less than experts. <laughs> Yet, because they are healthy, they continue to grow. It is so exciting to see the plant produce new shoots shooting out in every direction. In fact, they have grown so much that now we know we can't repot them again because we don't have room enough for these things in the house. Prayerfully, church, they are a good sign for our marriage. Anything healthy will grow. Laurie and I have found out, even though we're not great caretakers, God placed within the DNA of the plants a propensity to grow. It is genetically designed to grow. What I'm trying to tell someone today is that when God has spoken something new and growth over your life, you're not responsible for making it grow. You're just responsible for making sure you don't mess it up, that you don't get in God's way. Because if you leave it alone, God will let it grow, and that's what God is doing here at Common Ground Northeast. And in our text today, he says that I am doing something new. I'm calling you away from this place. And that's exciting. 
And for just a few minutes, I want to talk about the thing that God is making us new. And you and I get to sit here on the last Sunday of November and disregard all these Christmas lights and celebrate that God is making us new. Come on, everybody, let's celebrate that. New means, check this out, church. New means I'm not done with you. Maybe some people are. God says, but I'm not. New means you have a future. New means there's a vision for you and and you are a part of the vision. New means growth. And growth means pain. New means it can be better than the way it is. New means that no matter how many people have left you, God says, I have not left you, I have not abandoned you, I have not forsaken you. The best is yet to come. Lift up your head, O ye gates, be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. The king of glory is about to come in. New means that some things are going to change. New means modifications. New means a shift is coming. A perspective shift. Watch this church. New means yes to who you are and no to as you are. New means get ready. New means that God has you in his radar and he's going to do something. I want to caution the church that when God says something new for Common Ground Northeast, When God says he's going to do something new, it does not mean, hear this, that what previously existed is old. God is not indicting us for our past. He's bringing us into something new. God is not tearing us down, but he is building us up. God is building something new, and this is important for you and I to remember. He, like the plant in our house, is going to grow something new out of who we are. God did not say he sees value in who we are. God is not saying that I'm going to use new people in in Isaiah. He's saying I'm going to do something new in and through the same people. You and I can celebrate that. God is not replacing them. God is renewing them. And as we will see in our text today, He is making them something that brings him glory and praise. And God is simply saying that whatever I got from you here, that's exhausted. I think there's more that I can get from you, but you have to leave here. And so let's go to the text. Let's gleam about five points, and then I'm going to challenge the church. And then I'm going to be done today. Are y'all with me? First thing Isaiah says in verse 1 comes out, he says, I am the Lord. There's an introduction of God in the text. He says, I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator and your king. But but please see here that what's most important is that God just says, I am. It is the very existence of God. And what is debated in our society today is whether or not he is. Because if he is, then he is all that he is and he can be no less than he is. And so somebody celebrate with me today that God is. And if God is, then he is everything that we needed to be. John described him as, I am the bread of life. 
I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. This is how John described it. John says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And John says that I am the vine. And if you and I, we had our time, and if he gave us a pen, we too could say that what God is and what he has been to us. Does anybody have a testimony that he is a way out of no way? That he is a healer, that he is a savior, that he is a way maker, and he is a deliverer. Here's what's important about the introduction. God says, I am. Here's what's important to Common Ground Northeast. That because I am, you are. And because I am, you can be. Look at how he told Moses to describe him. Moses said to God in Exodus, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Moses asked God. God said to Moses, just tell them that I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. And because God is, y'all, we at Common Ground Northeast can be. The second thing that I think is interesting that we see at the text as God is calling us to move and God has called Common Ground to move. And in the past year, the things that have happened and we're going to testify and celebrate to them that we believe at Common Ground Northeast that we've left this place and we're already at the place of no return. And so we're trusting God in the middle. And in the middle, uh, uh, y'all, we no longer see this, the safety of this old thing. And but we don't quite see the new thing. And I came to tell somebody who, who is like this in this middle area in some place in your life. Maybe it's your marriage or maybe it's your career or, or maybe, maybe you're just in a place with your health and you're doubting yourself because you feel like you're stuck in the middle. I want you to hold on to this place. God is going to show up like he did in the text and show you miraculous things. Look what he did. The Bible says this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. And this is the word of direction that in the text, God is saying that don't forget that I am good for making a way. Don't forget that I am good for giving you a path. That when you get out in the middle and you're over your head and you don't know which way to go and you're confused and, 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 and some of you wants to turn back and some of you wants to go forward. And even if you're conflicted, God says, if you look to me in that place, look what I've done for you in the past, I will open a way for you and I will give you a path. And there's somebody here this morning that you're right here in this place. Would you do me a favor? Would you just look your hands up and say, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you right here in this place. And I know that God is going to come through on your behalf. Look at what he said in the book of Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not into your own understanding. There are some things that you cannot figure out. The Bible says, in all your ways submit to him. And it is he that will make your path straight. That if God has called you to leave this place, to venture out, to step out in faith, God says, I'm going to direct your path. So that is a word of direction. And then also he gives us in Isaiah, 
a word of protection. He says, he who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick, that when you step out on faith, that when you venture out, and there are some unknowns and there are some uncertainties and you might feel like you're out there by yourself. God says, no, I'm with you. You're not out there by yourself. I'm there to protect you and I'm there to lead you and I'm there to guide you. Look at what he told Joshua. When he told Joshua to leave this, 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 this comfortable place, you had as Moses is understood to leave this comfortable place that you got to practice, but the burden of full responsibility was never on you, Joshua. You never had to answer to all of the people. And now I'm promoting you, Joshua. You've got to step out. But listen to this, Joshua. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And just like I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Hear this common ground, I will never leave you, and I am, will never forsake you. In fact, I am for whoever is for you, and I am against whoever is against you. Come on, somebody, let's celebrate that this morning. So, so here we are, we're at a turning point in the text. So, so far in the text, it has solely been, church, about who God is, and what God has done, and what God will do. The whole first few verses is just God putting his resume out there. Why you should trust me. Why you should lean on me. Why you should count on me. Why you should look to me. Why you should give it over to me. It's too big for you. It's more than you can understand. But you can give it to me. And I'm present. I'm a very present help in the time of trouble. And then the text turns. And then in the text, God asks something of us. That if I'm going to bring you into something new, that if I'm going to put you in a position where you give me more glory in the new thing than you could in the old thing, there's something that I need from you, common ground. And so he, he walks out and says, here's your job. Here's your job. That if you want a better marriage... Here's your job. If you want to be better in the future than you've been in the past, here's your job. That if you want to walk into greater and better and, and, and if you believe that the best is yet to come and you want to walk into that, here's your job. He says, forget it, the former things and do not dwell on the past. That, that, that if you're not careful, you'll bring your corrupt past into my blessed future that I have for you. That the thing that I need you to do, common ground, is to disconnect with the past. I need you to do a work of disconnection. I, I, I know you love this. And by the way, by the way, by the way. Sometimes this cannot be great. It can just be familiar. Sometimes, y'all, we love it because it's all we know. Sometimes we love it because it's comfortable. It's not the best that God has for us. But it's like the old pair of slippers 
They got holes in them. They run over. They're dirty. They just feel good, y'all. It's not God's like, you can't wear them out in public. That doesn't represent me well. I've got a new pair of slippers. We'll say, God, I'm cool with the old ones because they feel good. And God's like, so, so here God has to say, God is not always cool when and where you and I are cool. God demands of us to move forward. He demands of us to move forward. So he says, the worst thing I need you to do is to be willing to disconnect with this. Disconnect with this. Here's what Paul said in Philippians 3. Not that I have attained all of this. I haven't got there. Or have already arrived. I'm in the middle. It's messy right here. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Jesus died so you could get to this place. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. I'm in the middle. But this one thing I know what to do, forgetting what is behind me and straining forward to what is ahead, I press for the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It is said, someone told me this just the other day, they challenged me, so I'm going to challenge y'all with it. If you have a plan B, then you don't have a plan A. That if this is still possible for you, then this is probably not probable for you. Only this. Can I preach to the church this morning? Come on, somebody. Only this. Look at somebody and say, only this. Only this, that, that until this is no longer possible, until you forget about this, you can't clearly focus on this. Forward thinking. And then here's the second thing you have to do. He says, see that I am doing a new thing. And now it's about to spring up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. It is our ability to conceive of something that we've not been familiar with. It is our ability to vision cast. It is our ability to dream. It is our ability to see those things that be not as if they were. It is our ability to escape our today and look into our tomorrow. He says, God says, a part of what I'm going to need you to be able to do is be people of vision and be people who can see something that is not yet reality and be motivated by an idea, be motivated by a vision, be motivated by something I have spoken over and above what you have in your hand. The ability to wrap our minds around the shift that is taking place, our ability to discern in the spirit and to believe God is bringing us into something new. Here's what John said about it, and I'm just about finished. Dear friends, now are we the children of God. And what will be has not been made known to us. We're in the middle. 
But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And he says, wait a minute. And all who have this hope purify themselves just as he is pure. That anybody who can see this makes the adjustment. Anybody that believes it makes the adjustment. And y'all, what we're called to do in the middle, there's not a lot of tangible evidence. In the middle, we can't taste it. In the middle, we cannot see it. And all God requires of us in the middle, somebody help me with this, is to believe it. I got to believe it. I got to believe in what God is making common ground northeast. I believe it. I'm excited about it. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but here. You got to believe it. And then finally God says, the people I have formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. It is that something is going to happen that is so praiseworthy and that we have an opportunity opportunity to do the thing that we were all created to do. We were all created to reflect God. We were all created to say, God is real, look at me. God is great, look at me. Consider how wretched I am. Consider how broken I am. Consider what a mess I am. And somehow, I'm still here. Somehow, I don't look like what I've been through. Somehow. And the only answer could be that God is real and God is great. It's the only way I'm making it. Come on, somebody, for just one minute. Go down this road with me. Look into your life. Look into the stuff that nobody knows. Look at the stuff that nobody sees. Look at your insecurities. Look at your inhibitions. I know you look good on the outside. Come on, somebody, go down this road with me. But you know who you are on the inside. And David said, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Don't let the sweater fool you. It didn't cost that much. It looks good. It's decorating. It don't suggest what the heart feels. The sweater is for you. But it doesn't tell you how I feel on the inside. I'm a mess and I need Jesus. Anybody else need Jesus? I want to do what brings God praise. I'm, I'm finishing here. So how's God growing Common Ground Northeast? Well, I'm excited to be here. And, and, and I clearly, I've told you this. I don't know what we're going to be. And my little small part in Laurie's and, and everybody's part is equally significant. Nobody is insignificant in this church. All the right people are here. I'm going to give you a challenge. What did attract me to the church, though, real talk, was that y'all lost for this value, right? 
for me personally, as I surmise what my place could be here, it was solidified in that before Pastor Eric, you were on this journey. I feel that. I like that. And you all have kept moving even though you suffered casualties. So for somebody on the outside, I'm going to go ahead and go here. Black, looking at mostly white people who have this value, it says that y'all serious. So I said, oh, well, I can't bring much, but I'm serious too. So if we put my little series with y'all big series, we'll see what we get. <laughs> so a year later, we celebrate this. Pastor Eric, y'all got to go back and listen to Pastor Eric's sermon on January 2nd. Real talk, y'all know I love Eric. Y'all know I think he's a great preacher. I tell him all the time, I appreciate that you're very good at what you do, right? I think he's a master. But this particular sermon was masterful. Y'all got to go back, uh, really go back and check out the first month. Y'all let me give y'all some homework. That's y'all homework. (laughs) What do we celebrate? In the last year, God has brought us new people. Come on, let's celebrate. Some people have left and we pray that they are in their next place, right? That's good. Not every departure is bad. People get promoted. We're praying for everybody. We thank God for anybody who's ever been a part of this to help us get where we are going because we haven't gotten there yet. We thank God for new positions. We have people who have agreed to take on more and volunteer. And there's a position here for everybody. There's something for everybody here to do. We've struggled in children's ministry to find volunteers. And so if you believe in it, uh, there's a position for you. But we celebrate everybody that has come and taken on new positions. We've had our communications director, um, she and her family moved, and we celebrate Katie and all that she did. But we need a new communications director. So you'll see more people coming, right? Uh, We need someone to lead us in music. We're going to make some hires uh, coming up. We celebrate everybody that has helped us and that God has called to help us in the future and the uh, positions that they hold. Here's one that I particularly celebrate is our new perspectives because new people bring new and different and varying perspectives. And if you're not destined to want to stay here, you celebrate new perspectives. Am I preaching to anybody that celebrates new perspectives? I want to know how you do it, right? What do y'all do? What have you done in the past? What's that look like in your context, right? Because I'm trying to find our middle, right? And we have to value where people have been and the way they see it and the way they think about it. Amen? Another thing, new processes. At Common Ground, we're adopting new processes. Uh, I'm personally learning a lot, right? Some of the ways that I, I did it, Common Ground does it better. I embrace that. 
right? I'm trying to learn that, <laughs> right? Eric and I have a meeting next week so that I can embrace some more of his processes uh, and he can embrace some more of my perspectives. That's how we do. Y'all know we be in there moving furniture, right? Yeah, yeah. New priorities. Uh, I celebrate what's happening here. Here's what I think, and I really am closing on this. In particular, Eric's sermon to me was brilliant to watch it a, a, a year later, 11 months later, because I was able to see something that I did not see in his sermon when he gave it. And I, and I was sitting there. If you look at it, you'll hear me saying amen and all that. Um, and maybe I needed 11 months out to have some experiences to see it better. But he talked about in Exodus 2, like the journey of Moses, and you'll go back and see it, and how Moses was here, but went here to come back and go here. And this journey. And when I told you guys the Satea story last week, right, of where I came from and, and some of the hardships and things that we ministered to, it, it, it became clear to me, and I'm not professing to know this, be clear, but I think I did get a little glimpse into what this might look like for us. I think that God is preparing us, right? This isn't by any measure the whole thing, but, but, but like, you know, if we mix your peanut butter with my chocolate, my chocolate, your peanut butter, then, you know, figure out kind of what God is doing I think God is making us such that we're capable to offer more to different people. New life, new chances, and new opportunities for people whom common ground would not initially attract so that they could minister to them. Right? So, as God makes us new, people will then feel comfortable or qualified to walk in the door who previously might need what Common Ground had, but there were barriers to their coming and being comfortable so that they could get it. Make sense? I think God, and this is so exciting, is qualifying us so that our reach is greater. Because here's the deal. It's not that you have a long arm and you can touch people. It's so that you can hold them. <laughs> Y'all feel me? It's so that when you, they touch you, you have what they need. So it's not that we'll get people from different ethnic and cultural groups just to roll in. It's that when they roll in, they'll find what they need. And we'll be the church that they need. And y'all, if that's the conclusion, if that's what this looks like, and if that's what brings God glory, then we should all say, Lord, make us new. Make us new. Y'all didn't believe me, but I'm done. Come on, let's give God praise for the words. <laughs> Thank you.
go tell that. <laughs> I'm so excited that God is making us new. He is extending our reach. He is making us better. He is qualifying us to give him glory on a whole new level. Common ground, a sort of Moses, if you will. Going through what he has to go through so that he can have greater impact. Lasting impact. So that he can make a difference. So that he can be the difference to people he may once have not appreciated. But they were his people. And I think what we're finding out is that if you're broken, if you're hurting, if you're marginalized, if you're down, if you're poor, if you're whatever, in that common ground, you are people. <laughs> you are our people. And we're coming for you. God's just getting us ready, but we're coming for you. Because if you need Jesus, then you are people. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. I want to do a response. Here's a response that we have to the word of God. In just a minute, the praise team is going to come again, and we're going to sing unto the Lord a new song. In fact, let's pray right now. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this Advent season and all these pretty Christmas lights. And yet our assignment today was to pump the brakes on Christmas and circle back to this theme of being new. Thank you for that sermon Eric preached on January 2nd. It set us on a particular trajectory. And we haven't got there yet but we open our hearts and we open our minds. We get some glimpses of it though. You are extending our reach and we thank you for that. Not so we can touch, but so we can hold. And God, we make ourselves available for that. Continue the work that you have started. Make us new. Make us better. Make us what brings you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a minute, you're going to get in.